Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So you're rolling up the Oh, why not? There's plenty of it. That is true. That, that's true that. So uh, down the hall, Clark, who has uh, been in many incarnations on many radio stations uh, under the company umbrella, now produces uh, our guy Tom Lamprecht's show. Don't turn over to it. There's no reason to. You need to stay here. But, <laughs> stay right here. Right, just stay right stay here. Stay put. Please. Please. And uh, he said he wasn't going to, he was just going to put a little bit of, you know, Christmas in. He was, it was too early to go all in on Christmas. Oh, my, you got a belt. Well, that's what I said. I mean, it's going to be here before yeah. you know it. Ain't too long. Ain't too long. Ain't too long, ain't it? I mean, two and a half weeks. We'll be sitting here on Christmas Eve. We well, won't. they're always super serious over there, you know. We won't it's be the sitting, politics. Yes, we won't be sitting here on Christmas Eve. But we'll be sitting at Christmas Eve. Um, I've, I've tuned into a little bit of Christmas music here and there. I've avoided it. I've Have you? actively try to avoid it. I don't mind it. I mean, it, it's if you catch the right thing. Oh, yeah. This new age, modern stuff. Uh, modern you're you're not a fan of oh, Ariana Grande's? It's all garbage. No. Garbage. But, you know, this stuff here, little Andy Williams. Yeah, I don't mind it. Classic, classic stuff here. I really like it. And uh, this weekend, because I am uh, off of any assignments, I'm going to be dragged uh, to a place in the central part of the state. That is a, uh, I guess it started out as a fruitcake place, but it's got now it's got all this Christmas stuff. Okay. Oh, there's a whole thing this weekend. Ben. Oh, man. We got to go get Christmas wine. We got to go get Christmas drink. I'll keep you in my prayers. We got to go to this fruitcake stand or whatever it is, this store. Actually, we went last year and they had these samples, which they're not going to have samples now, but they had food samples. Oh, oh, okay. There we go. That's worth little, it. Had a little cider. Okay. All right. Yeah. It was Are you good. a fruitcake fan? Uh, we got a fruitcake. My wife is, for some reason, a big fruitcake fan. And we, uh, it wasn't bad for yeah. a fruitcake. It was not, they, they have a. That's kind of how I feel about it. But it wasn't, you know, it's not like a dime store uh, or a, you know, uh, uh, a drugstore fruitcake or a fruitcake you'd get from like the Publix or. It's homemade. Uh, it had a more homemade quality to it, yes. Okay. And cool, it was not cool. bad. Now, I, I wouldn't want to eat a huge piece. It was just, you know, a sample. And then there's this place we she wants to go to dinner. So there's like two places we're going to go to dinner. <laughs> she's all in. We Oh, she's all in. We got a choice of two places to go to dinner. And, and it just, it never ends. I'll keep you in my prayers. And then the next weekend, we're doing Christmas at my, uh, for my side of the fan. We alternate holidays. I don't know why any, I just feel the need to express this, I guess. And then, so we're going to go to my brother's and have Christmas the, the following weekend. 
you know, give the kids. And then at Christmas, it's just going to be us. We're not, not no family. I think we got to go see her family, actually. She snuck that one in there. It's not our year to go there for Christmas. You know, we do it before <laughs> after. So it's just, it never ends, Ben. Plenty of Christmas plans. Plenty of Christmas plans. And I was just talking, you know, to Dylan, and, and the year has been the year. In some ways, it's flown by. In some ways, it's, been well, the I don't worst. really think it's live. Long. I don't think it's really long. It's just, it, it's been okay. I mean, it's not been great. I don't want to say I mean, it's really been awful. And, uh, but it just seems like it has kind of flown by in some respects. I don't know. But here we are. Hey, I'm just glad to be above ground, baby. And there's real, there's real problems. So my, mine are minute compared to others. But I, yes, I, I hear what you're uh, saying. It has been uh, not a great year. Hey, there's real problems with pirate basketball. Ain't one of them. Whoop, Absolutely. Whoop. Look at that transition. What a radio professional Ben Byram is. Uh, Jim Zoki, by the way, will join us in a few minutes. Zok is uh, usually with us on Mondays, but because we were preempted yesterday because of uh, basketball, uh, Zok is uh, coming on. Is gracious enough to come on with us today. Plus, the Panthers didn't have a game this weekend, so that means they didn't take a loss. But they also uh, are getting ready for their their next their next uh, opponent, and we'll we'll talk we'll preview all that. Uh, I I saw where they had eight COVID. Uh, People yesterday, is yep. that right? You got it. Is that players or players? Uh, they got names too. Okay, well, I'm just saying they got names released. They came oh, out a little bit wrong. My right. bad. They they released names. About to say, pardon me. No, no, no. They released names. Is what I was trying to say. I was seeing who the Panthers are playing. It's the Broncos. Per, past a certain point, I don't know the Panthers' schedule by heart anymore. We've reached that point in the season. That's okay. Where I just don't know yeah, it by heart. That's all right. But I don't mind this Sunday uh, Panthers. Broncos. I feel pretty good about that. Is Kendall Hinton still at the quarterback for the Broncos? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately right? not. Did you? We did really talk about that because you know we get we only have so long on the show and there's only so many things we could talk about. Plus, by the time you get here today, if you've been listening to the station, you've probably been bombarded with NFL talk all day because you know, the same old, same yeah, old. Well, you said it. I didn't. But I would. Uh, Kendall Hinton was a really good high school. I mean, a championship high school quarterback. And he was okay at Wake Forest. He wasn't anything good. I mean, he moved out eventually from, you know, the guy played in the ACC at quarterback. Yeah. And he looked like he had no business playing quarterback in the NFL. And so when we call people bums in the NFL at quarterback, not only are they bums, but, I mean, they're still highly skilled bums because that just shows you you could be a really great athlete and you cannot play that position. You just can't snap your fingers and go in and play that position. I can't come off the couch and complete a pass in the NFL. That just goes to show. No, you really can't. You really cannot. All right. Um, let's jump into a couple of things here. Uh, you want to get into pirate basketball. We'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, we'll get into some pirate basketball here because that's sort of the news of the day. Uh, Tulsa and Cincinnati were set to wrap up the regular season. They're not going to play. There's some interesting things going on with that. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan, that also has been uh, uh, bagged, if you will. They're not going to play uh, that. Uh, we've got some sound from Herb Street a couple of weeks ago on that selection show saying uh, just some crazy talk. It's not been a good year for Herb Street on the air. It's not been a good year for Herb Street on the he's had some He's had some crazy talk that's, like, offended everybody. He's just not a very well-liked uh, broadcaster, to say well, the least. Well, you know, I think he was before this, but he's kind of lost his marbles. And... Anyway, we'll, we'll get into all that, but let's start with a happy note, the 4-0 ECU basketball pirates in our pirate report. 
And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Houston Cougars have shut down everything in basketball now? That's surprising. Uh, what a win yesterday for ECU. Uh, they beat the Seahawks. And uh, the Pirates moved to 4-0 for the first time since 2013. Jaden Gardner started slowly, but ended up with a double-double of 16 points and 11 rebounds. And kind of at the end, he and uh, Batuma Baruti were the two heroes, uh, if you were. Uh, but this is Jaden Gardner talking about uh, his thoughts on the win over the Sea Squawks. That was probably one of the most craziest games I've ever been in. Uh, I think probably played like four or five minutes first half. Watched the whole first half. Everything's going good, and then it turns on us. Uh, we kept we kept turning the ball over. Uh, we get down by ten, but uh, coach kept telling us we can change it. We can change it, and we showed a lot of toughness tonight. We fought back. Uh, we forced overtime, and then we had a great overtime uh, stretching the lead out and closing the game out. So yeah, that was the most that was the most uh, craziest game I've been as a part. What was the plan in overtime, Jaden? Yeah, in overtime. Whoever scores first, I feel like has that momentum because I think we we started out and we got to stop, and then we came down and scored, and then we knew, all right, let's let's keep let's keep this going, let's keep going, and uh, we on a sixteen to six run to end the end the uh, first half, and then we won another run in overtime, so our momentum was high. So it, that game was definitely a game of runs. We started our run first, they started, and then we we finished it. Yeah, uh, you know, the, and you were in attendance. Uh, in person. I was. And, uh, boy, it would have been great to have a, a crowd in there. You know, I, I, Coach Dooley, and I don't know how, he has talked a little bit about this on the record, I, I think some more off the record. But, you know, I, I I get the scheduling philosophy. I get, you know, not wanting to necessarily have to go play in Wilmington. And, obviously, uh, Coach Siddle's going to have a very good program in a year or two. I mean, they they did this yesterday without their point guard. There was no Shaikim Phillips, and Phillips is an all-league caliber player and could maybe even be a player in the year, uh, you know, if he's there his whole time. Uh, he was not available. Uh, and, you know, they just got the kid who who was cleared to play yesterday after transferring, and he started the game. Is that the Pridgen kid? Joe Pridgen. Yeah, Joe Pridgen. Where did he come from? Look, Holy Cross. Yeah. I mean, was a great player at Holy Cross. Mull Rookie told, of the year in his conference. Yeah, Mull told me about this kid and said, this guy, if they get him back, because the CAA's down a little this year, they could probably uh, make a run in it if they can stay healthy. But, I mean, Jalen Sims was awesome. Uh, they've just got some good parts there. And as they make uh, their way into that system, which is basically the Kevin Keats system, same thing he ran at Wilmington that won him all these conference titles, got him in the NCAA tournament a couple times. Um, Wilmington is is going to be pretty good. And so, again, I understand not necessarily wanting to, to play them. It may not do you a great deal, you know, as far as the RPI and other things. But I, I just – that's what a college basketball rivalry is. And I think, you know, maybe not play it every year. I understand not wanting to go to Wilmington, but it's not like Trask is a dump. I mean, Trask is a decent arena. Uh, I just, I really would like to see this happen annually. It makes sense to happen annually. Uh, and look, Joe, what was it, two years ago when they went down there and they they lost to a, uh, a, a you know, a C.B. McGrath who did an abysmal job coaching there, the 
former Carolina assistant. Um, but you know, that's again, I, I UNCW. That's a big deal rivalry to them, and I'm not saying it's not a big deal rivalry to the ECU kids. And you know, I it's hard to interpret it through a uh, a monitor. You were there in person, but I mean, I'm sure the juices got flowing, and you could feel the intensity in the building. You know, even though there weren't fans there, because there is a little bit of a you know. I mean, there's a tad bit of a rivalry there. It would be greatly accentuated the emotion in the building if there had been fans. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think they should play every year. And, again, I understand why he may not want that. But I, that, that's what you get when you have kind of rivalry basketball that plays out. Well, when you think about the financial aspect of it, that's the game that sells tickets in non-conference play as opposed to a well, Maryland Eastern Shore or a Coppin State sure. like that. Yeah. And I get you want to schedule wins. But that was a big win yesterday. Oh, yeah. They'll get more out of that win. Even if they'd lost, they'd have gotten more out of that game than playing somebody like you're talking about. That's momentum that's going to carry over for a few games, yeah, you would I think. think. I think it could. But I, here's my other thought on that, and that is as great as ECU was in the first half. Oh, man. They were brutal in the second half. And, you know, if they'd been on the road, they'd have probably got their tail kicked. But, I mean, to be at home – and to have this team and to have the guys out there that Joe ended up trusting despite all of that is a very, uh, you know, again, even if you'd lost yesterday, you're going to get more out of that down the road because that's, you know, that Seahawk team was going to keep coming. They kept coming yesterday. And that's, look, even though they lost, that's going to help them in their league. And, you know, there's, there's something to be said about that. Um, Let's hear from Joe Dooley here about his thoughts on the first half performance of ECU. Well, it was good. It was a great start. And the other thing was we we didn't turn the ball over. I mean, we, we moved the ball. We had great assist turnover ratio. I mean, our most of our baskets were assisted, and I thought that really helped us. I thought we really moved the ball well. And then there was the second half. You know, starts the second half. I believe it was a thirty to six run, but a lot of those were how many of those were off of live ball turnovers that we just threw the ball to them and we got out of sync and got a little bit out of rhythm. And then they, they really took advantage and made a great comeback, uh, put us on our heels and uh, way too many live ball turnovers. Uh, this is uh, Joe on what he thinks the win will do for this pirate basketball team cut 14. Well, I almost feel like we were two and one today. I mean, I thought we, you know, you feel like you're going to win the game and then you, you know, you're looking at it like you could lose the game because of what we did. And then you come back and win the game. So, uh, you know, I, I thought Wilmington played really hard, especially in the second half. I thought, you know, Harvey and, and those guys all gave him big minutes and big points. And Sims was terrific, made some timely uh, shots. But I think from a standpoint of not giving in, it would have been easy when you're down. You know, we were up 15 and now you're down 10. You know, this is it's a wrap. And I said to guys, so guys, there's a lot of people turn their TVs off. They're going to find out we're not going away. And I thought that we really fought back, battled back and showed some character. J.J. Miles, 6 of 7 from behind the arc. Boy, it'd be great if he could duplicate that. Pirates were 14 of 24. Uh, and even though they uh, turned it over a lot in the second half and didn't shoot it great from the floor overall, they were still 4 of 8 from deep in the second half and 5 of 9 after halftime. Uh, but J.J. Miles with a big performance. Joe Dooley on J.J. Uh, Miles with a, a little bit of a, a breakout. He was great. I mean, I, you know, we we're talking about those, but I mean, you know, he, 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 he carried us in the first half and 
uh, you know, he's, he's easing his way back into shape. He missed five days, lost some weight. Uh, he, you know, his win wasn't great. And uh, he gave us great, not good minutes. He gave us great minutes. I shot the ball. Well, I thought his defense was good. Uh, he tried to do what we're supposed to do and, and, and played to win. Eight of 11 from the field overall. He had four rebounds and three assists. This is uh, miles reaction to the win over uh, UNC dub. Uh, it was good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know, my first couple of games back, getting back in rhythm, you know what I'm saying? Like we started off good and, we got down like late towards second, I mean, early in the second half. So it was good to see the team show toughness and fight back and be able to keep composure and come out with the win. Hey, Ben, what was that first half like for JJ Miles? Well, he, I don't need you to answer it, Ben. Let's let him answer it. I mean, it was, it was like really like reminiscing for real, like, you know, with his coronavirus and all that, you know what I'm saying? We ain't really been able to get it going, but it, it was a good feeling. I'm, I'm thrilled that they won. Uh, I really like the people at UNCW. You know, my brother went there and, uh, uh, I have a lot of great friends down there and have uh, done a lot of broadcasts from the campus in Wilmington uh, over the years and some Seahawks games on TV over the years uh, when they would travel in the CAA. And they have, uh, I would say they would be kind of my second favorite team behind the Pirates. Okay. So All right. Was, uh, you'll allow it. But I, I was glad, I was really thrilled to see ECU win. And, and, I, and I, I might have been in that group that turned the thing off uh, at a certain point and Worked, looked and uh, thought about other things. Because, hey, it was a brutal second no, half. No, second so. half was uh, deja vu all over again from just, you know, the last several years. Oh, yeah. But I, I I think, again, you know, there's so much good that could be taken out of it. Joe Dooley probably doesn't look at it like that. But I, I just, you know, coming back to win, that's a huge deal. Well, I think from this win, you're going to see a lot of guys buy into the process of what Joe Dooley wants to do here. I mean, Two, three years ago, or even last year, they weren't winning that game. No. They were not coming back and going to win that game. No, and not at all. Just seeing that they can come back from like a 30-6 to six run in the second half and Excellent. win. Yeah. I mean, guys are going to buy in, and they're going to ride that momentum in the upcoming games, I think. Yeah, four Pirates uh, in double figures. Uh, we mentioned uh, Miles and Gardner, and then uh, Batuma Baruti, who I think, 17-6. You know, he had a he's couple clutch. threes. I, I think he's... Very X-Factor-ish. He's very uh, that second guy with Gardner, that third guy. that you, I mean, he's that other guy you need. And then Tristan Newton was very good, 10 and 8 assists. Uh, I just, you know, there's a lot of positives. Now, the turnovers aren't. I mean, you have 18 of them. But uh, there, was, there was a lot of positives uh, for, uh, for yesterday, I think, you could take out of this. And uh, they'll move forward. Okay, uh, we'll turn our attention to some... NFL. Uh, how about next? Well, well, we'll preview the NFL game tonight. We'll preview uh, what the Panthers are up to. And Jim Zoki, who usually joins us on Mondays, will be with us here on this uh, Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. It's like a Monday in many ways. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, the Zokester. Do we have the Zoke uh, soundbite going to break? Can you find that, Ben? I can vamp a little if you if you want me to do that. Uh, I, w- I would love to play the little Zoki piece of production. Uh, if we can. So let me know when you get that. Uh, we will tell you again, there'll be pirate basketball uh, coming up uh, to Thursday. Uh, same time at 4.30 uh, as yesterday for the airtime at 5 o'clock. So no PJ show that day. But uh, we will have uh, pirate hoops for you on Thursday against North Florida, who I think has played everybody in the state of North Carolina, it seems so far. All right, uh, Zoke, when we return, and here's the Z-Man to tell you more about it. 
Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU. Pirates. Now that's a tune, Ben. Uh, tomorrow, or actually tonight, a low of 29 degrees. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow, looking at a high of 52 with uh, a lot of sunshine. Sunny Thursday, warming up to 58, and then by Friday, we're up to 64 with abundant sunshine. 44 right now in uh, Greenville. It was brutally cold out there today, worse than yesterday. Uh, Let's uh, bring in, usually we do on a Monday, but uh, he's here with us now on this uh, Tuesday, since it's our first show of the week, uh, Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network, fresh off an open weekend for the uh, Carolina Panthers. Jim, how's it going? Doing great, Patrick. Enjoyed your weather forecast there. Very informative. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Well, we don't, we, you know, it's not a bells and whistles thing, Jim. We're just straight facts here, baby. Uh, I know. A stock, stock report next. What we got? I've, I've thought about doing that because that's kind of the, you know, full service thing, I guess, right? Yes. But I, I you know, I, the guy said he was going to sponsor it. I don't know. We just hadn't got around to all that. <laughs> you know, I, Jim, if you knew everything going on, I'm barely able to hold it together here. I mean, you know. And you're hosting a, a pretty important show right now. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on, Jim. Um, so what is it, eight Panthers on the COVID list? Who are they going to throw the ball to on uh, Sunday, Jim? <laughs> well, they got Christian McCaffrey. If you remember last year, we always <laughs> we always throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> now... They haven't gone full in about every bit of information, but it's according to reports, right. two players actually contracted it, and six others are the ones that are, you know, contact tracing contact and all that. So tracing. I think they're, I think they're hoping that they'll have, you know, some of those guys back. Two of them are not on the active roster, so it's it's really six players, which is a lot. Okay, no, um, that's a lot. But you know, we'll we'll see. Give me the list, Ben. Give me the list again. You, I asked Ben for the list. And I only wrote down two names, so Ben was all over the list uh, earlier. Uh, so Ben, who do we got off the top of my head? I remember DJ Moore, Curtis okay. Samuel, right? Shaq Thompson. Yeah. Greg Derek Little. Brown, yeah. Greg Little. Right. And a few other guys. I know okay. Zoki can kind of double Zach check. Kerr. There. Yep. Zach Kerr. Zach, Zach, Kerr. Zach Kerr. That's yeah. Another one. Well, Michael that... Pilardi is on the injured list and he's not going to punt anyways. So he's yeah, not there arguing. you go. No, I understand. I understand. <laughs> so that, uh, that obviously, uh, Creates a void. So what happens there? Do you pull guys up from the practice squad, or, or how does all this sort of play out? Yeah, but that's where you have the expanded practice squad, and uh, you just that, that's kind of your uh, that's kind of your list to pull from because it takes you know about ten days, I think, to get somebody in for a workout and get through testing and then work them out. It's at least a week, if not ten days. So it's yeah. a it's a process. So Christian McCaffrey says he feels really great. I don't know if that's the direct <laughs> quote, but that there's sort of that's that's kind of paraphrasing his quote. Yeah, he's playing football this week, yeah, so he'll be back. And uh, yeah. he's only played three games out of the twelve so far. And you know, he wants to play Denver Dad's team. Ed mm-hmm. McCaffrey won two Super Bowls with Denver in nine years out there, so uh, I, I think that means a little something to him. Obviously, it's all about his health. But he, 
I think he was close, you know, before the bye week. Uh, he practiced all that week heading into it, so I'm, I'm sure he's ready. Well, Dante Jackson uh, dealing with that toe injury that they've given him a couple weeks of rest now in a mm-hmm. row, three weeks off, so he, he'll play in this game, it looks like. Okay. And the Broncos finally have uh, – oh, they got back last week, but they, they have quarterback. Did did you catch any of the of the, the Kendall Hinton uh, deal when, he, when they played New Orleans? Did you see any of that a couple weeks ago? You know, uh, just the – the, I guess what's what, what do you call, call highlights, highlights that aren't great? The, yeah. the, the plays, the plays yeah. he ran, the plays from the you game. You know what though? What chance did he have? I mean, None. He's been a receiver. He didn't get to practice at all with the team. He was told the night before that he'd be playing. Um, and you know, again, he's a receiver on the practice squad, not a quarterback even on the practice squad there. So good for him for going out there and just give it the old college try. He's got a great story to tell now, if nothing yeah. else. Oh yeah, no, he does. He does. Uh, what? Uh, I know you've intently studied on uh, Denver. Uh, give us a little bit of uh, your impression of the Broncos coming into this one. They are as four and eight as we are, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> so this, this, this will not be flexed into like a prime time yeah. setting. I don't think. Uh, and, and like us, a lot of close games, like we did, played Kansas City close. As you yeah. saw in that the game they just had. Yes. Uh, you know they got two really good running backs when they're healthy. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, and both of them played in this last game, so it looks like they're both healthy. So Drew Locke is uh, young, but to this point, not great. He's nine touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. Uh, I think fifty-five percent completion. Mm-hmm. Like so he's 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 struggling with the throwing thing. So uh, honestly, Hinton, not that far behind uh, what they have at quarterback, <laughs> to be honest. But a Vic Fangio defense, Vic was our first ever defensive coordinator yeah. under Dom yeah. Capers back in the early years. And uh, in late in life has gotten a head coaching job with Denver and has been a, like, kind of a lifelong defensive coordinator. Yeah. And uh, so they play good defense. So they're, they're tough to run on. I mean, they're really good on third down, things like that. So they'll be a challenge defensively. I was impressed with them defensively against Kansas City. I also chalked that up to a little bit of uh, – that's a divisional thing, and uh, even if your record stinks, you you know you're still going to even if it's Kansas City, you're still going to play a divisional rival tough usually. Yeah. So, uh, yep. I no, there's a lot of that that happens yeah. too. Uh, ben Byram now as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins us uh, live. Panthers and Broncos, a one o'clock uh, kick on Sunday. You'll hear the coverage of the game beginning at noon on our sister station, WTIB one hundred three point seven. All right, Ben. So we got a little bit of breaking news. Whoa. As Broncos corner A.J. Bouye has tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. What? Um, and is wow. facing a multiple-game suspension. Uh, what do you kind of make of that news, uh, Zoki? And uh, you got to think Robbie Anderson is a fantasy lock for everybody out there that's got him out there now, right? Okay, yeah, well, you're right with, with Samuel and DJ Moore on that list. I think DJ might have actually gotten the COVID. I'm not sure on that. but uh, So we'll see on his availability for this one. He had the ankle on top of that, DJ did, yeah. so a couple things pending with him. So, yeah, Robbie Anderson obviously be a focal point. Again, when McCaffrey's in there, and uh, we'll see Mike Davis, uh, I think the running backs will be heavy in this game. But, you know, you ran through our list of COVID, and from last week, uh, Yitor Grosmatos was uh, also the – second-round pick defensive end is on that list. You know, teams are just down players, whether it's injury, COVID, performance-enhancing drugs, don't feel like playing, uh, whatever. It's just uh, it's attrition, right? It's like survival of uh, who could throw, you know, 53, cut to 46 on Sunday out there and see what they could do. So I heard a promo today, Jim, that uh, talked about uh, the Cowboys playing for playoff positioning, which was humorous, uh, against the Ravens. 
who are playing for their playoff lives uh, tonight in many ways. And uh, here we are now on a Tuesday. I was sitting in uh, Norfolk, Virginia last Wednesday and uh, watching a little bit of uh, the uh, Steelers and Ravens the middle of the, the week in the afternoon. Uh, the NFL really, really wants, especially these national window games, uh, get them in. Uh, do you do you foresee this being what we're going to look at for the rest of the season, that we're going to have middle-of-the-week games, kind of like we've had, uh, you know, in, in Monday afternoon games, et cetera? Yeah, they're so close to the end, and they still have the uh... – the ripcord of extra week of regular season if they need it. So if they get the bind in these last four weeks, they'll extend the regular season an extra week and delay the playoffs uh, that way. So, um, yeah, they're going to do everything they can to get everyone playing 16, which you look at college football and how much trouble they're having. Again, all their games, Ohio State, Michigan today, right? So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, as far as the pros go, I mean, you know, they've, they've got these games in and, and they're, you know, able to, to do it and work around bye weeks and reschedule and, bump Mac football games to a lesser channel to uh, be able to carry Tuesday and Wednesday night NFL. <laughs> do, do you still get the sense what you hear from people that by and large, they've done an okay job with, with this bubble and, and this is just stuff that's going to happen. Is there any criticism from the players? I mean, what are, what are you hearing? No, I mean, players are asked about it fairly often and I obviously are on those and I don't hear as much maybe around the league, but uh, from a Panther standpoint, I think they feel like they've done everything they can in a pandemic. You know, it's what, it is a pandemic. And so uh, you kind of have to just know that some guys are going to get it and they've got the quarantine. And uh, you, the, the point of why guys are sidelined for contact tracing is that so you don't have 53 guys go out. Yeah. You, know, you don't want everyone to actually have it. At least, you know, if you kind of quarantine it and block the ones that uh, were tracked to be uh, in proximity, then you can at least limit that, even if it's 10 guys. If 10 is better than 53. And uh, so, yeah, I think they've done you know, really an exceptional job medically. Um, you know, the testing every day, and uh, as is the NBA, as they get ready for their season. So that's really about all you can do is just kind of keep up with it every single day and, and wear your mask when you're not playing. I think the funny thing is what we, we see, of course, is the games. And these guys, they can't talk and play with masks on. So they're wearing them as chin straps and, you know, yeah, right. scarves around their neck. <laughs> but it's just like, you can't, you know, play the actual games. So they're doing the best they can. But at some point, it's like, well, why don't you spin plates on a stick while you play football, too, and see if that works. But it's just like, there's only so many things you can do at one time. So after this weekend, Zoke, the Panthers uh, are going to be facing potentially three division winners, right? Yeah. it's um, you, you look at Green Bay's coming up next. Everybody's a division leader in the, the NFC, Saints. so you're Washington, yes, right? The, the Washington Football. That's what I was getting at. Let's. Well, that was an artful transition on your humble host's uh, uh, part there. Uh, no, you did. You brought it all together. Yeah, Ron I Rivera. Did. How about Ron? How about team? Riverboat Ron Rivera and the Washington Football Team? That was um, nobody saw Ron's it except a, in, in Pittsburgh and, and the DC area. But it was still, uh, you know, it was, it was huge. Huge news yesterday that uh, that was the first night. Everybody, they were celebrating in Miami, the 72 Dolphins. I love that. I love Larry Zonka popping mm. the, 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 having the drink had there. A, and had the a cigar. stogie. It was great. It, I, I love uh, it. He was ready. He was he had planned it. And then, uh, you know, with Ron, you know, obviously battling the cancer. And we loved having him here for nine years. Great guy. It really, from a personal level, root, root for him. And uh, Patrick, if anyone knows how to win a division with a losing record, it is Ron <laughs> Rivera. He's done it before with our humble Panthers. 
seven, eight, and one <laughs> at one point. So, he's, you know, not many people have that experience of how to win a division right. with a losing record. And I think Ron's Ron's got the pieces there to do that. Yeah. Uh, he, he is, uh, no, I, I think we all do like the Ron Rivera story, don't we? I mean, we just all love the fact that he, he resurfaced and, you know, we want him to do well. And then in a couple of weeks, can't, you can't help but love the guy and root for him and, and yeah. his family. So I'm, I'm glad that, Hey, if they catch a break, if anyone deserves to catch a break in the NFL, it's Ron battling the cancer this year. So would love to see that if I'm picking somebody in the NFCs, would love to see the Washington football team of all teams yeah. uh, pull that out. But uh, yeah, Alex Smith, I mean, what a great story he is yeah, out there true. with the yeah. two-year recovery from the leg injury out there playing good football. And, and the bloody, uh, the, the shades of Kurt Schilling, the bloody sock there. The bloody there. sock. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's right. quite something. All right. Uh, the great Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Uh, Zoke, uh, Panthers, Broncos, uh, and obviously the, the Panthers are going to be playing shorthanded. Uh, we, uh, don't know quite the extent officially, but we'll find out more. I'm sure in the next day or so. Uh, but Zoke, as you look at it this week, you do get CMC back and, uh, what, what would be what the Panthers need to do to kind of get going and, you know, pull off this, uh, this win against, uh, a, a fellow, a, a fellow putrid, uh, record wise Denver Broncos. <laughs> sell, yeah, sell me know. on the game, Zoke, sell me on the game. You know, for this team, it was, I'll tell you this, because uh, he was asked about it yesterday. Uh, Coach Rule says he's in it to win it. Every game he wants to win, there's no going to be, let's, let's look at the young guys and you know yeah. see what they've got and yeah. plan for next year and get a higher draft pick. And he said, I can't look Panther fans in the eye and, and tell them we're not out there trying to win football games. So the first, you know, job one is to win the game. Uh, and then secondly, I, I think, you know, it's um, they just got to figure out how to win games is just that simple. They just have to make that play or two in the end, uh, when the game is on the line, because obviously Minnesota was the, the greatest example of that. We talked about it last week. There were so many different ways they could have finished that game off and won it. But you do, at some point, have to make those games and not say, yeah, we're learning how to win, and you know, we just got to figure it out and not panic. We get the play in quicker on offense and make a stop on defense. You know, somebody's got to step up and physically do those things and make those things happen. Uh, so that's the, that's the thing is that they're right there. And they're competitive. I think all but, a, I would say, one game this year when they're blown out. And I think they just need to figure out, you know, step up, make that play at the end, don't turn the ball over and finish off a, a close game and get these wins. You are uh, a, a true gentleman, a scholar and a gentleman, actually, to join us uh, every week. And thank you for doing this on a Tuesday of all days. I know- hey, this year, every day is Tuesday. You know, <laughs> NFL football's happening. Doesn't it feel like every day is Tuesday? Like, there's really not like a great Saturday feel to anything. Like, yeah. every day just feels like, like a Tuesday or Maybe even a Wednesday afternoon at times. It just nothing ever feels like. Yeah, we made it to right. the thing. Yeah, that yeah. No, I got to. I got what you're saying. I don't want to bore the people, but I mean, I'm personally interested in this. Uh, how did the the off weekend go? Was that all right? Oh, I don't want to bore people with my off weekend either. But I will uh, say we yeah we were up at uh, Beach Mountain, had a little bit of snow, not a lot. Okay, and then uh, got a got a Christmas tree in Newland. What? That sucker home, got them all put up, got Christmas up. Wow. Uh, so uh, took advantage of a little bit of downtime uh, to take care of a little, little business, get the house ready here for I the like holidays. That. See, I like that, Zoki. I, I, you, every time I you were you were kind of living life on the social, a Zoke tweet would pop up, and Zoke was out living life. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, and you sent me the, the pictures and warned me there would be snow up there. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I know we got to wrap this up before 10 p.m. <laughs> okay. so, uh, all right. Thank you, Jim. Wow, Isn't that, that was, the governor's thing? We, we have to stop at 10? Isn't that we, the thing? We do. It's a, it's a very smart virus. You can't be out past 10. And uh, 
I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that, Zoke, not get you in any trouble. So Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right. Another we'll, week we live. Yes. We'll talk to you next Monday, Jim. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right. There he goes, Jim Zoki. Ben Byram, you want to do your update now or after the break? It's up to you. Make the call. After the break. Okay. Wow. All right. A timeout. And then uh, Ben Byram with an update on what is going on in the world of sports. And uh, a lot of football games canceled. And the conspiracy theories are, theorists are out there. Uh, we'll run through some of those coming up. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Ben Barm here for 94.3 The Game Sports Update. After an up and down performance, which saw Pirate Basketball pull off the win in their 57th meeting against the UNCW Seahawks in overtime, Joe Dooley was not pleased with the way his team played in the second half. Start the second half, I believe it was a 30 to 6 run, but a lot of those were how many of those were off of live ball turnovers that we just threw the ball to them and we got out of sync and got a little bit out of rhythm and then they, they really took advantage and made a great comeback, uh, put us on our heels and uh, way too many live ball turnovers. JJ Miles had a career game leading the way of 22 points on around 86% shooting. To hear more from head coach Joe Dooley, be sure to stay tuned after the show to the first Joe Dooley show of the season at 6 right here on 94.3 The Game. Elsewhere in college basketball, American Conference member, the number 7th ranked team in the country in Houston has shut down basketball activity due to COVID issues within their program. But they're not the only ones as Wake Forest will not play against VMI on the 21st due to positive COVID tests within the Demon Deacons program. And Louisville's game against Wisconsin has been postponed due to COVID issues within Louisville's program. Live action currently underway as 8th ranked Creighton travels to 5th ranked Kansas with 3 minutes left in the first half. The Jayhawks lead 33-31. American Conference member South Florida currently hosting Stetson. The Bulls lead 25-19 with 4 minutes left in the first. Later on at 6, 12th ranked Tennessee hosts Colorado. The Volunteers are favored by 6 points. NCAA and T takes on Longwood. The A&T Aggies are 2-point favorites. At 7-30, 16th ranked UNC battles 3rd ranked Iowa. The Tar Heels are the underdogs by 3.5 points. 22nd ranked Ohio State matches up against Notre Dame. The Buckeyes are favored by 6 points. American Conference member Memphis hosts Mississippi Valley State at 8. The Tigers are the heavy favorites by 44.5 points. 15th ranked Virginia Tech takes on Penn State. Penn State, the five point underdogs. And 9.30, 10th ranked Duke hosts 6th ranked Illinois. The Blue Devils are favored by 3.5 points. And 21st ranked Rutgers hosts Syracuse. Jim Beheim and the Oranges are the underdogs by 4.5 points. In college football, American Conference members Cincinnati and Tulsa's regular season game against one another that was scheduled for this Saturday has been canceled due to coronavirus conflicts. The AC revealed that that game will not be played or made up later in the season. One of the biggest rivalry games in college football, Michigan and Ohio State, has been canceled due to coronavirus concerns within the Buckeyes program. This story has a little bit of a twist, though, as the cancellation of this game puts Ohio State at five total games played this season, which is under the threshold put forth by the Big Ten Conference to compete in the conference championship against Northwestern. Meanwhile, 12th-ranked Indiana's game against Purdue is in doubt as the Purdue Athletic Department has put a hold on athletic activities after surging cases within their programs. From the NFL to tonight kicking off at 8, 
We have some rare Tuesday night football action for the second week in a row. The 6-5 Baltimore Ravens host the 3-8 Dallas Cowboys. Lamar Jackson is expected to be back for this game from the COVID reserve list. Current injury report as Cam Irving and Tyron Smith of the Cowboys out. Alden Smith list is questionable. While for the Ravens, Kalias Campbell is questionable. Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, and Matt Judon out due to COVID. The current spread is the Ravens favored by 10. The over-under at 45.5 points. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers have not had a positive test in their recent round of testing after placing eight of their players on the COVID reserve list. And Eagles head coach Doug Peterson has announced that quarterback Carson Wentz has been benched in favor of the rookie Jalen Hurts. Wrapping up from the NBA after being dead set on a trade to the Brooklyn Nets, Houston's James Harden has expanded his options to the Philadelphia 76ers, or in his own words, a real contender. If you're a 94 City Game Sports update, I'm Ben Byron. When we return, more from the P-Man after this. And the Pirates play their Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Coming up uh, tomorrow, Brian Mall will be uh, out again on Thursday and then uh, Friday. Schedule will be on. Uh, you can always catch uh, a show if you miss it, Patrick Johnson Show. The pod drops on our website, which is uh, 943thegame.com, or you could get it uh, from really any of those tremendous uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google. They have our podcast, right? We still doing okay with that? Wherever podcasts are distributed. Are we doing okay with that still? Yep. Uh, the men have finally overtaken the women. Have they? Yep. We've lost the female audience. It's dried up. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, welcome back in. It's great to have you with us. Thanks to Jim Zoki for being with us. Uh, Tulsa and Cincinnati have uh, decided not to play the regular season finale because of COVID issues with the Bearcat program. That means that Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, if I am, correct me, uh, will host the championship game in, uh, well, a couple weeks, right? Uh, or in a week from Saturday, actually. So, uh, scheduled for the 19th, ABC Television. See uh, Austin Cox. And I like C. Austin. There's some people that, you know, want to hammer Austin Cox, but there's the same guys that want to hammer everybody within the ECU media brigade. Um, he tweets today, let's put the cards on the table, people. Everyone started looking at the numbers game a couple weeks back. Leagues saw that even a win in some cases hurt a team's standing per some computer rankings. Got to question some cancellation folks. Now, I think he tweeted this out around the time it was made official about uh, since, uh, excuse me, Ohio State and uh, Michigan. Do I think conferences and teams have canceled games to protect programs, rankings, and playoff hopes alive? It's not a very well-worded tweet, but that's what he tweeted. And he he tweeted it there. Um, 
If Tulsa canceled, uh, must find a replacement. It's reported that I'm, I'm just reading what his tweet is here. I don't imagine the league or Tulsa want the hurricane to risk pulling a BYU and try to play someone on short notice. So, yeah, I, I'm just kind of reading through what he's he's responding to people here. I don't think he's saying that the American is trying to pull some fast stuff to ensure that Cincinnati hosts the championship game. Had Tulsa won, uh, they likely would have, uh, well, they would have. They'd host the championship game the following week between the same two teams. I still think it's going to be a pretty interesting championship game between those two. And uh, we we will see, and, and hopefully everybody will be healthy enough to pull it off in a couple of weeks. I think what he's referring to there, and the frustration is with the Ohio State thing, but the Ohio State deal has gotten considerably more interesting now because they don't have enough games under their belt to qualify for their league championship unless the Big Ten does some kind of uh, end around or pull some kind of shenanigans, which I would certainly not put past them at this point. So it is uh, Northwestern and to be determined in the championship game at this point. Yep, you got it. And, you know, I, 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 is, is Indiana a possibility with that or probably uh, not? Of course, Indiana's game with Perdon't might get uh, wiped off the board this weekend. So we'll see. That one's in doubt. So remember a couple weeks ago, like tonight is the college football uh, rankings show, which I've consumed from time to time. It's an interesting. You watch that? I haven't watched it this year. I have watched it in the past. Okay. Usually try to watch the first one and the final one because it. Those matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, the final one is what ultimately matters. Yeah. And I, I might get on board, you know, and kind of see who's at five or six later on. But I mean, it's a, it's like everything now. It's this made for television event. Oh, yeah. So my question to you, Ben Byram, uh, is do you agree with what we're about to hear? I want you to listen very close, closely to Kirk Herbstreit because this was brought up a couple weeks ago when Michigan had to cancel some games. Herbstreit, who is a Buckeyes alum, uh, went on this conspiracy theory tangent. This is like two weeks ago when this was going to be a possibility. So I actually would be interested in tuning in what, to hear what Herbstreit says tonight. Now, Herbstreit's had a very bad year on the studio shows. He's had a bad year. He caught himself kind of agreeing with McAfee on Mike Houston not being a tough guy. Had to catch himself on that a little bit. But he did say he kind of agreed with McAfee and chuckled at it. And then he, you know, he had the whole the teary-eyed moment earlier in the year. Well, he wants to be a part of the locker room with McAfee and it's it's he not might. working out for he him. Might. And then there was this 2 weeks ago which all the people that were behind him on these other things now have turned on him on this say he's a conspiracy nut now. Let's play the Herb Street uh, audio where he accuses Michigan of shenanigans. I think a lot of people wanted to see where Ohio State would be. Uh, the concern on Friday and Saturday was Ohio State. Are they going to have to shut down their operation? Are they going to potentially miss the Michigan State game? Maybe miss the, the uh, of course, the Illinois game. Are they going to have enough to be able to play against Ohio or against Michigan? And, and, and are they going to miss the Big Ten championship? And, and how is the committee going to evaluate them? The fact that they played four games and they're still sitting there in the top four. Now it comes down to they were going to play Michigan State Saturday. I still think Michigan waves the white flag, potentially avoids playing Ohio State next week, and then, David, they'll, they'll potentially get a game on the 19th. They could be sitting there with six games. Um, and Michigan, is that fair, David? Michigan could opt out, basically, of that game and keep Ohio State out of six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. That doesn't make sense to me, but... That little thing at the end. And then he caught himself again, say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I dreamed 
need to drag the words back in. But he kind of went ahead and laid the groundwork that there's shenanigans afoot at, at Michigan and that they would do this to keep Ohio State out of the champion. Here's the question. Uh, if I mean, they, they would have just five games, correct? Yep. How do you put them in the cabal if they have just five games? Well, how do you put them in there four now? I mean, there's no oh, way they Was it four? Well, they got four now. Okay. If they played that game, they would have had five, and they would have made the cut. I thought they needed to get this game to be able to get into exactly. the Exactly. You got it. You game. got it. Okay. You got it. I'm confusing you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are a little bit. But my point is they, they can't even get to their conference championship game. How do you put them in the cabal with the semifinal? Now, Ross Dellinger, who I talked to last week, and Ross couldn't make it on the show. Uh, we're going to try maybe next week to get Ross when it's a little more even week. And there's championship games to talk about as well. Uh, USA Today, I believe. But anyway, Ross um, made the statement that A&M is off this week. Now Ohio State is off this week. Go to Memphis. It's the halfway point playing the Liberty Bowl. And kind of play a quarterfinal, if you will. Let's see who's... who can. Now neither one of them will do it. Neither one of them will pull a BYU and do that. And where does this leave Cincinnati with all this? Does Cincinnati move up tonight in some way? In the college football playoffs. <laughs> Maybe that's a stretch. See, I think it's a stretch right now, but I mean, how do you... Everybody should move up if Ohio State can't... You see what I'm saying? You can't base them on that few games. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're really good. But they just haven't... They don't have the resume that everybody else has. They've barely played. <laughs> oh, I know. They, and, and I don't see how you kind of... You can just, reassert that Ohio State belongs yeah, in the playoffs. I, I, I don't know how you can. I, so I am a little anxious to see how they're... Because they're going to be voted on from last week, not what happened today. And obviously they'll still be in the top four. It's it's, it's They want it to happen so bad. Oh, they do. I mean, it's a made-for-TV uh, foursome right now. The way it's set up. And they're hoping for a Clemson win in Charlotte in a couple weeks. Okay, uh, thanks to Jim Zoki, Brian Mould tomorrow, plus other exciting things. For Ben Byram, I'm Patrick Johnson. Thanks for tuning in. Patrick Johnson Show on a Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.